Hello, you guys! Welcome to another episode of Podcast. This, the 41st episode! Ha 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 I queued that up right when I said it. I am so professional, you guys. I'm doing this in my home business attire, i.e. fleece pajamas. <laughs> um, coming at you with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm today. I just fed myself the most delicious panini I've been all about I was I'm I'm always good at making sandwiches and I've had plenty of comments from friends and foe alike from friend and foe alike even my foes will admit that I make a mean sandwich and I take great care in my sandwiches I don't just slap on some peanut butter on some untoasted bread no 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 I because I deserve better And you got to believe that you deserve better when you make a sandwich. That's the secret to making a delicious sandwich is believing that you deserve better. Okay. Now, if you know me well enough, you know that my self-esteem is uh, abysmal and and I have to wage a a daily war with my self-loathing. But let me tell you something. The the light that breaks through the stormy clouds is the only hope I have is if I just hang on to that feeling that I have when I make sandwiches for myself, because I think that is the highest form of self-care that I am capable of, that I do for myself. I make sandwiches. And let me tell you, I made this panini. I've been using Gouda cheese. Uh, lettuce, tomato, onions. I mixed together mayonnaise and pesto, so I got this whole pesto mayo thing going on. I uh, butter and to- pre-toast the butter and pre-toast the bread, and then the protein is like I make a I I meal prep for a week ahead. I dice up a whole bunch of chicken. I throw on some Montreal chicken spice slash seasoning. Montreal chicken seasoning. Oh my God, that's all you need. That and garlic salt. And then that's the chicken. So I reheat that chicken. I throw it on the sandwich. And then I panini press it. I throw it on the grill. I throw it on a grill. And then it just, it's the most delicious thing. So there you go. Um, treat yourself. What you gonna do when you treat yourself today? I, oh, I got... I'm feeling so good after that sandwich. That was a home run sandwich. Oh boy. Maybe that should be my pre-podcast routine is having a delicious super algus. I call it the super algus wicked awesome super wicked panini wicked awesome chicken pesto super panini awesome wicked algus sandwich. Okay. So write that down. <laughs> that's that's what I call the sandwich. Um, God, has a sandwich ever put you in such a good mood? <laughs> I don't know. Is this, am I manic? I've got some juice. I got some apple juice. Gonna sip it right here. Num, num, num. Apple juice. And I got an ice cold water on the side. Gonna sip it right here.
num 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 num. So I'm gonna be hydrated for this, and you'll notice. Uh, you're gonna forget about it for now, and then halfway through this podcast, you're gonna go, "Oh boy, Alga sounds so hydrated right now," and you'll be right. Um, let's see, what can we talk about today? I'm like, I'm looking around my room for my lip balm. I, and I hit, I pronounced the hard L on balm. My lip balm. Where is it? Okay, I'm going to hit pause because as hydrated as I am, my lips didn't get the memo, you guys. That's what happens every December. I drink a ton of water and tea and my lips and I, and I send a memo out to the whole body. I'm like, listen, there is going to be uh, an influx, a huge import of water, everyone. So all hands on deck. Get ready to get hydrated, okay, everyone in the body? And then my lips are lazy. I got some lazy lips. My lips don't care. <laughs> and they just didn't get the memo. They don't read the memos that I send them. I say, lips, hydrate yourself. And they're like, whoa, 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 where, why, huh? I didn't get a memo. And I'm like, I send it to everyone. I'm like... I got so much hydration in my eyeballs. I'm crying all the time I have too much hydration. There is an excess of water and it's coming out of my butt and my eyes. Okay, lips, so come on, man. <laughs> okay, I gotta find my balm. One sec. Okay, I got my I got my balm. That's the sound of me applying it. Alright, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Sorry I was taking sips. Sips and balms. Sorry about you guys. Sorry about that, you guys. If you know one thing about me, it's that I like my sips and I like my balms. I'm all sippy balmy over here. <laughs> look at a look at all sippy balmy over here. Um, what's going on? Uh, I saw on Twitter. I'm gonna. T I'm just gonna touch on this. Ugh, because it's kind of annoying, but. Just got to get it off my chest. I saw on Twitter that, um, I believe, I didn't, <laughs> I spotted on Twitter. So my information here is going to be a bit uh, ha rudimentary. But I see that there is a, a new Dave Chappelle, I don't know, Comedians of the World, I guess, that his, he's got his name kind of slapped on them. Either that or just Netflix is putting out a new season of Comedians of the World. And um, there is a trans comedian, at least one, named Robin Tran, who is going to be on it. And, uh, well, Twitter being the, the megaphonic screaming match, the, the broadcast, the nebulous black hole of broadcasting is just a million people screaming about what a hypocrite and a traitor to the cause she is. And I'm like, man, if the trans community just, if, they put as much energy, oh my god, if the trans community put as much energy into promoting trans comedians as they did whinging, and it's fucking whinging at this point, whinging about Dave Chappelle, then, oh my god, then the problem would be solved. Yep, the problem would be solved. No, not that simple, obviously, but like, you know, goddamn, man, you can at least, you realize you're platforming Something that you hate when it's just so much more productive to platform things that you love. Why spend so much energy 
and time and attention and focus on the things that you hate when there could be so many things that you could be enjoying and loving and celebrating for fuck's sake. <laughs> Celebrate me. Celebrate me. I want to be on that thing. I want to be on the show. All this to say, uh, if you believe that I'm a traitor for, for saying so, you know what? I uh, That is your opinion and you are entitled to it, but fuck, if I got offered something on Netflix, you bet your ass I'm taking it. You bet your fucking ass because the best way to combat, um, the best way, in my opinion, to combat all the, everything that, ugh, I, what, what words do I even use? The best way to combat hate and, and discrimination is by exposure and humanity and by showing people that you, you are a, you are a person worthy of compassion and, and worthy of being related to. You're a relatable person. You're a human being. So what better way to do that than to express multiple sides of yourself that aren't based on distaste and and annoyance and irritation and victimhood and this is coming from an entitled blah 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 okay so that's all that i wanted to say about that i'm sorry if it shut you down come back come back please and then i'll tell you more jokes and some crazy shit i have a story i'll do the story because i've been i was up awake at night i got like three hours of sleep because i was reminiscing in my head it's so hard for me to fall asleep Okay, you guys, I like my brain. Um, my brain is active all day long. Anxious, I'm just a, a little ball of anxiety. And then I go to bed and I close my eyes and my brain goes, well, how about this? Well, how about this? Well, what about that? Oh, no, what about this? Well, what if we just <laughs> ruminated on this for a little while? Have you thought about this? And... Not all of it is anxious, of course, but some of it is just, you know, I just fixate. I fixate and I can't stop. And I just, it's like having something stuck in your teeth. You just fuss over it obsessively. So I was thinking about this. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys a story. It's a little bit of a dark comedy, maybe. Uh, the the ending is a bit... Uh, no, well, whatever. I'll let you decide. Who cares? Um, so I have this friend. Uh, we'll call him Jay. And that's not short for Jason. I just want that to be clear. Shit, I should have just picked another letter. Because what other letters are there that could be a name if you just use the letter? You know? T? No. Uh, L. There was a rapper called Big L. M? I guess some people, Emily or Emma, if you say M. Okay. B? Oh, B is also one. D? Okay, there are a lot of letters. Good, I just saved my own ass. There are a lot of letters that if you just say the letter, then that could also be a name. Okay, good. So this guy, we'll call him J, but not Jason. We're calling him J, but not Jason. Oh, uh, um, sorry, I just hit the microphone. Um, uh, so my friend, this friend of mine, J, not Jason, uh, is a comedian, actor, uh, you wouldn't know him, haha, <laughs> just kidding, um, and he, so he has a car, and he used to drive me, he used to open for me on a lot of gigs, and so naturally we would bond on the road, uh, hanging out with each other, and Jay Not Jason, um, would spin some yarns, he was known to spin a yarn or two, 
uh, yarn so long that sometimes in my own head, I would say, oh, I think this is kind of bullshit. But I wouldn't really call him out on these yarns. Because, you know, some people don't know that they're maybe being hyperbolic or exaggerating details. Maybe some people do and they just do it to make themselves feel good and to look good in other people's eyes. And you know what? Why? why I, there's a part, I don't know. Is it bad that I, that I indulge these people? I'm, I don't have to believe them, but I can listen to them. I can hear them out. So he, Jay, not Jason, would spin a lot of yarns on the on the road that you know when you when you sort of build someone else's uh, when you build an opinion of someone else these things all matter so if you feel like someone is either delusional or just a liar then that sort of that influences how you perceive everything that comes out of their mouth and and so one of the things that he said were sometimes hard to believe so um, this Jay, not Jason guy, but he was a really good dude and he had a good heart and that I trusted to be true and I, and I liked spending time with him. He's a good guy. He just had, uh, and I, I believe an issue with exaggerating or exaggerating. Did you like how I pronounce that? Either that or, um, or, you know, maybe he was telling the truth about all these, uh, conquests of his and, uh, Maybe it's not for me to decide. Anyways, I'm just uh, giving context to to what is about to follow. So, um, <clears throat> one thing that is important to note for this story, he was very well liked. He had a lot of friends. A lot of people loved him. So, he, he is a good dude, despite this quirk. And um, so, eventually, at one point, he... On, on Facebook even, not like personally, to me at least, he announced that he was going to go away for a long time because of something personal. And it's one of those posts that you can, it had enough subtext to read something horrible has happened and, uh, and I am going away for a, while, for a while. So I followed up, messaged him. I was like, hey, Jay, not Jason. Well, what's with this message? And and he opened up to me and said, I have been diagnosed with uh, cancer. And I said, what kind? And he said, it doesn't matter. And I said, what? And he and we just glossed over that. And he said, yeah, it's cancer and I got to go away for a long time. And <clears throat> I'm just going to go out and, you know, live my live with what little time I have left left. And I was like, Jesus, holy shit, man. That's wow. I'm so sorry. Like completely heartbroken. Couldn't believe it. Devastating news. And, you know, the whole there was a big outpouring of love from his friends. And so <coughs> and so some time passes, a few weeks, maybe a couple months. And he reaches out to me. And says, hey, hey Al, um, I am throwing a going away party. Um, but it's not really a going away party. It's like a goodbye party. You know what I mean? You know, so like it was the context being this is a uh, fucking happy death day. Sayonara. You know, this is like a funeral that he would get to be there for 
apparently. One last party to send him off before he fucking dies. Okay. So that is sort of the theme of this party. And he was like, I'm inviting all all my friends that I want to be there and I would love for you to be there. And I was like, yeah, of course. Awesome. I would love to be there. Absolutely. I, I yeah, yes, yes. And so, um, it's, it was such a fun fucking party, dude. It was so fun. We all went, there were so many of us. He had a lot of, he has a lot of friends, like 30 people came out to, it was like Nerf bow and arrow tag. Uh, we played all these games. There was like one of those destructo rooms. I forget what they're called. Rage rooms or whatever, where you like wear, kind of you deck yourself out in armor and you are either provided or you can bring stuff to just smash. It's a room where you just, you're given baseball bats and shit and you just smash stuff. Glass bottles, televisions. I took a peek. I didn't get to do it, but I peeked inside the room and there was like a smash TV and glass everywhere. And, you know, you ask the workers there and they have all kinds of stories about how, you know, a woman would bring, <clears throat> bring her husband in tow, you know, like on a leash, the husband would be looking down at his shoes and they would both go into the room together and the wife would like smash wedding photos of them because, you know, it became obvious that the dude cheated on her or something. So it's it's a rage room, I guess. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it, that would make sense if that's what it was called. So this cool place where all these activities are going on and we all played uh, uh, Nerf bow and arrow with each other and Nerf dodgeball or whatever. <clears throat> so fun. But there was this looming context that we are all gathered here today as one final sayonara for our dead friend, who, by the way, is is bounding with the energy of a of a teenage rabbit. He is lunging and jumping and fucking cartwheeling over over arrows <laughs> like a goddamn ninja. Boundless energy. And, and so we all gather together at the end when, in, when the time is up and, um, and, and this looming energy that, that's, that's just been kind of this simmering, it's been simmering in the background that like the purpose of this gathering is not lost on any of us, even though we're all having a great time laughing and jumping and cavorting. Um, we all know that Jay, not Jason, is going to be neither. Eventually, he's not going to be Jay nor Jason. He is going to be uh, gone. Just he's going to be <laughs> neither. Um, so, so the party comes to an end, and um, and then and then what follows is like the goodbyes. The oh, I just peeled a cuticle really hard, and now now I'm bleeding everywhere. You didn't need to know that. Oof. Um, oh, you guys, I'm gonna die. All this to say, I'm gonna, I'm, the, I'm announcing that I have a rare form of cuticle damage and I'm bleeding out. <laughs> I'm gonna die by the end of this podcast from blood loss. Oops. Oh, it's one of the things you pick out the cuticle and then it decides that it's going to connect to your entire arm. Ah, oh, man. Okay, well, what I, back on track, Algus. Oof. Oh, gross. 
Uh, <laughs> so we all gather together and people are giving eulogies. People are standing there like through through tears, bawling their eyes out, expressing their their sadness and their love and their eternal love and their appreciation for Jay not Jason who still intends on, on to go away and I guess to just go off and die somewhere else I think was kind of the plan he never told me any of this stuff he, I don't think he told anybody I think he just kept it this is the thing everybody who spoke was st like was still there was this general feeling that nobody quite knew the specifics but everybody was just kind of this is the reality he is going to die of some unnamed illness and so this is goodbye and um and so one by one everybody you know gives speaks their peace big hugs everybody's crying it's so sad we all go our separate ways and now and and you know he disappears and now cut back to literally like five years later and the motherfucker's still alive and doing things and in the community and acting and doing stand-up and and fucking dodging nerf arrows going for runs like what the hey dude are you gonna die yet come on what the hell <laughs> like what's the deal well i thought you were supposed to die why won't you die <laughs> There's this morbid, like, there's the idea in the back of my head still that, you know, I've, I've heard you spin some yarns. Was this the greatest yarn of all? Did you, like, reverse Andy Kaufman, all of us, and, and, and to pretend that you were going to die just to, like, just to pull a prank? Was this a big prank or was this some desperate need for validation? Did you, like, have a toothache that... You started to tell a lie, like a ch one of those children's after-school programs where a kid tells one lie and then it snowballs and it snowballs and it snowballs and then eventually, you know, the whole town is involved in a parade honoring your impending demise. Like, did it, did, was this a lie that got too far ahead of you? Did you have a toothache and you used it as an excuse to get out of something, but it wasn't enough so you kind of lied more <laughs> i just got back from the doctor's office and i got some horrible news they're like what surely it's not so bad that you can't come to my daughter's baptism oh no i'm i'm gonna die <laughs> i better not come to your daughter's baptism i'm going to die i just found out that i'm on death's door <laughs> so so this guy and like and and I guess this is a running theme. You know what's a running theme? I, I need to acknowledge this just as much. Um, that the running theme, while on the one hand, is a vague um, dishonesty and embellishment on Jay Not Jason's part. There is also, as a th running theme throughout my life, there is also a vague, just a blind trust and a gullibility with me where I'm like, Oh, it's personal. Don't pry. You know, you, this guy's giving you all the information you need to know. And you know, what's the point in diving deeper for specifics? Like what kind of cancer is it? What, how long were you given? When did you, when did you find, like all the, all the follow-ups, all the specifics. I, I have a tendency to not, uh, follow up on that because I'm like, who am I? Oh, sorry. 
that's the panini coming back. Who am I to doubt? What kind of an asshole would be like, I'm dying, and then the asshole would be like, no, you're not. Hang on a second. <laughs> you're telling me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me see the doctor's note. Can I talk to your doctor? Put him on the phone. Put him on the phone. Or I don't believe you. You're not dying. You're not dying. So, um, <laughs> but so, so, so that's why uh, I say that because, you know, eventually seeing him back and, and reassimilated into the community, it was one of those things where he owed me an explanation and all that we talked about, I was like, so what happened? He was like, miracle cure. <laughs> For real, I don't know, man. I just really believed, and I sur and I surrounded myself with positivity, and I just thought positive things, and it just went away. It just went away. The darndest thing. What? You wouldn't even believe it. It just went away. And gullible again, gullible non-believing me, uh, just said okay. Okay, fine, Jay, not Jason. Welcome back to humanity. Welcome back to the land of the living. So glad that uh, your terminal illness isn't looming over your head as I, I could see how heavily it weighed upon you when we were at Nerf Bow and Arrow. <laughs> um, so, oh man. So, um, so yeah, Jay, not Jason is... Uh, alive and kicking. I don't know if you uh, already gathered that from the way I was using past and present tense pretty loosely during that story, but he is still around. Jay, not Jason. Uh, I'll never know. I may never know, but, um, I, and I'm not going to say it explicitly, but I'm just saying it is possible that he had a terminal cancer that miraculously cured itself through the power of positive thought, but it could also very well be as far-fetched as this sounds that he lied. That he lied! Oh my god, man. How wild is that? What a crazy story. And you know what? If he did lie, I get, you know, there's that part of me that just has to give it up and be like, that is, dude, that is impressive. That is impressive. I'm impressed with sociopaths sometimes. Like, and I, again, I'm not calling him one. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that I truly, truly believe that he lied because, you know, I haven't done enough fact-checking myself to be able to support my own opinion here. So it's all speculation. It's all speculate. It's all speculate. Um, oh, man. So <laughs> that's where that is. I haven't spoken to him in a little while. He did. Um, I hope this doesn't quite give him away. He booked me on a gig um, a couple months ago. That was a uh, um, murder mystery dinner theater gig. Oh, Jesus. And I used to do a lot of those. Um, like seven or eight years. Uh, yeah. Eight. I did them for a while. Ten years ago through to like seven years ago. Before I just decided that I really didn't like them at all. 
murder mystery dinner theater. So um, you would, if you're not, if you're not sure what that is, a lot of them are corporate where it'll be like a business will take all its workers out and they'll all, everybody sits down to eat. And then as they eat, because heaven, God forbid, you would have to chat with the people you fucking work with nine to five, 40 hours a week. We, uh, we put on cheap, really cheap costumes, like five or six of us. And we sort of, and we improvise. It's a lot of crowd work. You go with like from table to table in your character, just so everybody can kind of meet you before you do some vaguely, poorly, not entirely rehearsed scene. God, I have the hiccups now. These scenes. Oh man, and now I have phlegm. What's going on, guess? Do I need to put on some balm? My finger is still bleeding really hard. <laughs> I have phlegm. I think I might kind of be getting sick here. My nose is... I'm going to have some juice. So you put on these costumes. You um, you memorize. You like uh, memorize loosely. Like I didn't memorize. I just... I fucking improvised, baby. I got that gift. I got that gift, dog. I can improvise, dog. Me. I can improvise, dog. You don't need that. It's me, little man. I'm I'm just gonna improvise. Um, that was really bad improv too, <laughs> right there. Um, so yeah, you would do like you would uh, enact a murder mystery, and as long as you hit the right beats, as long as you um, dropped the right clues, um, then then you were off to the races. You could do whatever else you wanted, and it was supposed to be funny, obviously. So like you would ham it up as your character. And God, the scripts were kind of they they were pretty bad. Um, that but oh, by the way, quick note: this this is not the Jay, not Jason uh, gig. His was a different one. This was like a different. This was a company that I worked for that used to do these. This is a this these were two separate things, but um, and the characters, man, I played like a flamboyantly gay fashion designer. I played uh, a horribly and and look, listen, guys. I, I a horribly stereotypical Chinese person who literally at the end of every scene would do a Confucius say quote. And um, I regret to say it is you know I'm I hammed it up. I leaned into it. I really dug into like the gayness and the and the Chineseness and. And oh boy, you know, in retrospect, thinking about like just how much they killed, how much they killed to those audiences in London, Ontario, but also spare a thought for, uh, you know, the Asian workers at, at this corporate thing who like, you know, try and leave. I'm sure they get that kind of Asian shit all the time at work and then they go to like this corporate event and then, you know, somebody's wearing a fucking rice hat and a kimono some white kid is is dancing around the table yelling about dropping confucius quotes like oh boy spare a thought for those people i'm like i i do regret doing that stuff naturally um yeah play i mean i i i don't know 
how how to make amends besides acknowledging that it was fucking wrong and uh and that I'd like to apologize but um so so you do these things and then at the end of uh for some reason I always I always had to be I think it was because I was just good at keeping things together a lot of the other actors were just actors not I don't I don't mean to demean acting but like these guys were people who would stick to a script a lot of them were terrified amateurs who were just uh you know still getting over their stage fright stage fright is one thing but like mingling with people as a character going around just striking up conversations with strangers surely you can you can believe me when i say how terrifying that is and even in my experience i was like i was fucking it's a terrifying thing to go up to somebody even with the power of racism at your side to go up to someone being like ching chong ching and <laughs> just walking up to oh jesus so bad so bad um so anyways i used to do those and um jay not jason hired me to do one one night and it was a fucking disaster i wasn't uh i wasn't a um stereotype at all and this was after i came out so i like presented as a female but you know, I still got my voice and this was before I was on hormones. So my muscles were a lot beefier. I had big brick ass shoulders, big old brick shithouse shoulders. And, um, and yeah, there were two shows in one night. And I remember the first one tanked so horribly and it was my job to keep things together. But also there was no script. There was no script. What happened was we, he, we had like a, 10 minute pre-show powwow. That was it. That was all the prep for this. Um, Jay not Jason told me what my role was. He was like, you are the seductress slash detective. You're going to keep everything together. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. And then 10 minutes before the show, he would just be like, all right, first show, you're the murderer. Uh, these are all of your stereo. These are all of your archetypes. Uh, go get them. Second show, he would just be like, you're the murderer. And so we, as a group, had to long-form improv, put together this whole intricate murder mystery, and then get the audience to vote on who did it. But it was, it was so... I barely knew these people, so I didn't have a rapport with them, really. Some of them weren't even improvisers. Some of them were just funny friends of his. So, like... And I had to keep it all together. So I'm, like, I'm creating red herrings off the top of my head. And I'm, and we're all struggling to establish relationships with each other just by, just by doing improv offers like, oh, but I just found out that you slept with you and everybody goes, oh, except I bombed so hard in the first one because none of my jokes, none of my asides were working. So I got really mad and I started kind of yelling at the audience and I haven't done that <laughs> I before that. Oh boy, that's how bad it was. Like, I am never one to blame the audience and I am never one to go after them for not being into it. But I was so uh, angry at, at, at the circumstances and just how um, unprepared this whole thing was and just how thrown in, thrown to the wolves I felt about the entire thing and underpaid that I kind of had, not a tantrum, but I had like, I I just annoyedly I just started kind of picking on the audience for for being so dead. And some people demanded their money back because I think I made a couple trans jokes that they really didn't like. 
Oh, I, oh yeah, I told him to suck my dick. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. I think I said something to the extent of like, I will lift up this dress and drop my panties so you guys, or I think it was just a quick one. I was just like, hey, you guys didn't like that one? You didn't like that one? Seriously? That was so clever. Or something. I think I was, I think I got so fed up with how hard, how overtime I was working in, in building this universe all on my own back, carrying everything and still trying to do jokes on the side. And I remember I like said something pretty clever, pretty clever. And they didn't laugh. And I don't think they knew just how unscripted everything was. So, but I did. And that just made me mad. I was like, you fuckers realize how hard I'm working up here? Suck my dick. <laughs> I had this lapse. Oh my God. So I ruined the show. That is, I will take full responsibility for that one. I ruined that show, but I, I kamikazed it because I was so mad that I was going unappreciated and I was working so hard for this for this audience and it wasn't going well like i mean that's why the one little ray of sunshine the one witty clever joke that i built from scratch for 15 minutes uh when it finally landed it didn't fucking land with these people so i got mad and i told them to suck my dick and i never ever ever do that and i think part of the reason why i flipped was also because fucking terminally ill bubble boy is standing right there off to the side, not even putting his neck on the line. He just produced the show and stood off to the side while he made money and, and watched me sweat in my dress, feeling like a fucking idiot because I was just kind of newly out too. So all these people, nobody knew who I was or what my deal was. And I could sense the tension and the discomfort in the room. Ugh. I cringe. I cringe thinking about it. I yelled at them to suck my dick. <laughs> oh God. And I never, ever, ever do that. So like, that's, that's a fun bomb story. Bomb stories are so fun. You're not a comedian if you haven't bombed. I'm not a gate. I'm no gatekeeper. You do what you want. Stand up is a beautiful art form where you can do anything you want. But really, you haven't paid your dues. You don't know what what being a stand up comedian is until you've experienced a panic inducing, fury stoking bomb. Just a humiliation on a level that is visceral and unprecedented and un unduplicatable <laughs> uh what's the word i'm looking for cannot be uh cannot often imitated never duplicated i guess yeah yeah <laughs> so if you didn't like any of the stories that i told then you can suck my dick <laughs> Oh man, wow. I really know how to draw out a, a story. Sorry guys, I hope that I hope that wasn't too long, but like god, it's passionate, man. The one thing about those murder mysteries that I remember is that the murderer and the murder weapon which you had to guess both in order to win some dumb prize. I don't know, it was always like a hat. <laughs> Somebody would just take something off their already cheap 
value village costume and just be like hey here you won this bill cosby sweater i've been wearing for the past three hours congratulations hope the roast beef was to your satisfaction um but like the the murder weapon and the murderer were never it just it was so contrived the solution was always so contrived and there was all this exposition that would happen in the reveal you would be like aha you know somebody would always un it was somebody would always unveil themselves as i am the i have been the detective this whole time looking at, around at you guys i've been observing this whole time and everyone goes oh well see there was no clue about that <laughs> so all of a sudden now you're a the the flamboyant fashion designer is an undercover detective. <laughs> it's like the scene from The Office where Michael Scott does improv and he just goes, I got a gun. And that's sort of this. This is the scene now. So at the end of these three hours, somebody would always go, aha, I'm the detective. And now I know who is the murderer. And everyone go, huh? And then... He would go one by one through all the other characters. You have motive and this is blah, blah, blah. You could have did it because of this. And then you, but also you had the motive because of this and blah, 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 blah. And you would go give a rundown of everybody. But then the solution was always like, but in the end, it was literally you could have spun a wheel and just picked any one of them at random. And like, it was the maid. And you know why? Because backstage i saw her <laughs> there was always this backstage exposition backstage i saw you slip a knife into your stockings uh, and then there was the bloody knife there but that's not what you used to kill him you used that to peel to cut through a pomegranate Ooh, and everybody would be like where the fuck is all this coming from there was no mention of a pomegranate. There wasn't even a mention of a knife. And then you'd be like, oh, you, so it wasn't the maid. <laughs> it was the sheriff who used his bolero tie to suffocate the person. Because do you see these choke marks that aren't on this person's, on the victim's neck over there? that's just imagine hey everyone imagine that he has choke marks around his neck it was the sheriff with his bolero tie and then everybody without fail everybody in the audience would kind of shrug at each other and be like uh, did you get it? I, don't, I don't know Is it, did you guess that I, I, that didn't make any sense <laughs> and and then we would all go thank you good night and we would all bow <laughs> and then and then duck off into the fucking coat room that we were confined to. That was always our green room, was we were just shoved away in a coat room. <clears throat> At least we got to eat. They, they always gave us a free meal. That was nice. Murder mystery dinner, Algus. <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. I've come a long way from doing those. I'll never do another one of them. My last experience was was bombing and yelling at the audience to suck my dick. So it's safe to say that I have retired. And uh, I still speak with uh, Jay, not Jason, every once in a while. And part of me feels bad telling this story. But I think it's I, I should hope that he sees the humor in this. And um, I've protected his identity in case he feels like. But, you know, 
if if you do find out who he is, then he can probably just disappear for a little while and change his identity and come back. Because he's done it once. Um, <laughs> um, what a wild, what a story, Mark. I'm so glad that I love Lisa. Uh, uh, oh, what a story, Mark. I'm so glad that you are my best friend and that I love Lisa so much. Do you guys remember the room? Oh, I could talk about the room for hours, but I'm running out of time, so I'll save that for another time. But if you know what I'm talking about, if you know the room, um, it's a great movie. Go watch it. It's the funniest, worst movie of all time. And if you know anything about me, you know how much I love bad movies. Movies that are so bad that they break through to the other side of goodness. It's like a horseshoe. It's like a circle. It's like a giant horseshoe that, you know, it goes, there's one side is good and one side is bad. And then it goes all the way around to the other side. And then it, and then it takes a little jump across the gap back over to good. Because it was so bad that the momentum of its badness launched it clear off the bad side of the horseshoe across the chasm over to the greatest ever side. And that's what the room is. It's a horseshoe. It is a horseshoe movie, and that is what I'm coining the term now. Anytime um, you watch a movie that is so bad that it's funny and entertaining, it is a horseshoe movie. A horseshoe, not horseshit, okay, everyone? Don't, don't swear. Don't do it. It's almost Christmas, and Santa is listening to everything you say. Um, for example, Old by M. Night Shyamalan was a horseshoe movie that's a horseshoe movie i watched i watch horror sometimes horror movies and some of them are so bad that they are horseshoe movies that i have so much fun watching people die and shit um yeah okay anyways um that's it for me i'm i hope you had a good time in this one i had a good time in this one what a wild what a story, Mark. I'm so glad that you are my best friend, and I love Lisa so much. <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> uh, that's also going to be my new thing. I want to remember to do that a lot, because I love doing that. Sometimes if someone tells a shitty story, um, sometimes you can get away with it, but sometimes they know that you're roasting them. If they tell a shitty story, a long, boring story, at the end, if you go, Ha <laughs> what a story, Mark. Then they'll, <laughs> then they'll know that they just wasted your time and you just roasted them. I do that to my friends. All my friends know that movie. And so whenever someone tells a shit story and they finally finish, you go, ha <laughs> what a story, Mark. And then, and, then, and then they've been roasted. Either that or like it, it works. It's like a horseshoe too if a story is so good. Then you go, wow, what a story, Mark. And they know that you're being serious because it's like legit. It, it was a great story, Mark. Um, so, so there you go. What a story, Mark. The story of Jay, not Jason, who is still alive to this day. <sighs> Boy. All right. Well, I have a show in Niagara Falls tonight. I'd better start getting ready. I have to meet my... I have to meet my chauffeur, my ride, in uh, two hours, so I have to get ready and then and shave my face and go across town to, he is, he is driving me in a car, and we're going to go 
to Niagara Falls, and I'm gonna and 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 I'm gonna tell jokes for a little while. I'm gonna do the um, end of the show, and 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 we're gonna come back, and he's gonna drive in his car. Okay, uh, have a good week. I will see you guys on the other side. Hey, man, follow me on TikTok, Alval Comedy. Holy shit, I'm getting like a thousand followers a day out there, baby. Oh, I'm doing great. Um, blah, 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 narcissistic people on Twitter. Um, me looking at my TikTok feed and just the warmth in my stomach. People are so nice. People are so nice. TikTok is so uh, queer friendly. Look at that. The kids are going to be all right. Uh, the kids are going to be all right, and so will you. So take care of yourself, all right? You guys, what a story, Mark. What a story, Mark. What a story, Mark.